Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. It's such a, a great opportunity that we've got over the past couple of weeks. We've been dealing with a series called What's Your Status? And in the first week, we spoke about marriage. We spoke about the importance of covenants and, and the mystery that marriage is. And there are so many people that came to us and said, you know, we've been staying together and we want to get married now. Yeah. And that is, that is really God's plan for God's word. It's not just there to inform us, it's there to transform us. Amen. The word of God says, do not only be hearers of the word of God, but be doers of the word of God. Because if you are only hearing the word of God, you deceive yourself. It says, but the man who puts these things to work will be blessed in them. And many times we're crying out in prayer, asking God for many things. But the thing that God has done is he's packaged all of his blessings in his word. Amen. I remember a, a, a story told of a young man that went to university. And uh, he comes not from a very wealthy family. And so his father told him, when you get there, you can call us, let us know whatever you need, but we're going to be praying for you. And he gave him a Bible. And he said, my son, all your needs will be met through the word of God. Will you promise me that every day you'll spend time reading this, this word of God? And the son said, yes, dad, I'll, I'll do that. And the first month went across and the different struggles started coming across his path, away from home, needing this, needing that, especially financial needs. He needed books and he knew he couldn't put that pressure on his parents so he wouldn't really call home and he would try and, and do something on the side here and there, hustle and, and try and make ends meet in order to get, get some kind of income. And month number two, month number three, month number four, and whenever he would call his father and say, oh, it's a little bit tough, it's been the first year, his father would ask him, have you been spending time in God's word? And he would say, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, God's word is important, but I need money, Lord. I need money. I need money, Dad. And his dad would send him whatever little he could. And then at the end of the course, you know, he passed and he graduated. And, and as he was sharing with his father, about his experience, he said the most difficult part was really the financial part. He really didn't have any money. And his father asked him, did you, did you study the word like I asked you to? And he said, not actually, you know. Let me see your Bible. And he opened that Bible and in every page, $50. In every page. And he could have saved himself so much begging. He could have saved himself so much anxiety. You know, many of the things that we worry about, God has made provision for. Amen. Amen. How many of you worry about money that's already in your bank account? Nobody. That's ludicrous. But the word of God says that in Christ we have received all things pertaining to life and to godliness. And God has not sent his children out into the world empty-handed. But he's made provisions through his word. Amen. And this morning as we go into the word of God, we will see how relevant it is in the area where we are. We spoke last week about being in a relationship. And Philip was speaking about starting with the end in mind. And he said, if we're not, if if, if not going to move towards marriage, we're not even going to start this situation. Amen. Such a radical stance. It is the truth because many people get involved in things that rob them of everything that they can never get refunded for. And you end up in the end of your life with regrets because you decided to make certain decisions without the end in mind. Amen. That message is on the podcast. You can go online and find it. Today we're talking about singleness. And uh, I know that our church has so many single people, you know, it's loaded with potential. And uh, 
This morning we're going to discuss whether singleness is a blessing or whether singleness is a curse. Look at your neighbor and smile. You know, Pastor Yoma was going to preach this message, but she's a little bit under the weather health-wise. And so I got the privilege of dealing with the subject. And she really had on her heart just God's desire to restore people. And many people had, had their identity so broken because of this experience. They see a picture of them being on the shelf. They see themselves as being inadequate, sometimes to the point of being bewitched. And this is a really sensitive subject for many people. And so this morning, we're going to go into God's Word and see what does He say concerning the Word of God? What does He say concerning singleness? Why am I single? Sometimes you're in this place just waiting to get married. You've never been married before. You're excited about the future, the potential of a, a, a happily ever after, you spend much of your time watching romantic movies, preparing people, pick up lines. Some people have gotten married because of good pick up lines. <laughs> anyway, rehearsing those R&B songs, Ed Sheeran, and you're in that space. Sometimes you, you've gone through a divorce. You're coming out of a painful experience. Your whole view of marriage has been completely tarnished. And now you're in a place where you're single, and you've got questions about that. The next one is your spouse died. And the Bible says that marriage only keeps you till death do us part. There's no reason why you should feel guilty about remarriage if your spouse has passed on. And sometimes in Africa, we have this thing that if, if the person remarries, we look at them as if they killed the, their spouse. It's so true. You better keep that picture in your house, even if you remarry. <laughs> anyway, so these are various reasons why you're single. Now, Tim Keller says this, a theologian, teacher of the Word of God. He says, many singles are looking and striving for a highly compatible, brilliant, beautiful partner. And for others, singleness has become, at best, a kind of purgatory. A purgatory is like an in-between place between heaven and hell, where you wait. Where you live waiting for your real life to begin, or at worst, you're having a misery. And for many, this is the experience of being single. Uh, Jesus saves you, you come to Christ, and then... Your top priority and at the top of your prayer, prayer list is a husband. Mega. <laughs> is a, a man. And then there's annexures to that prayer. Oh, a wife, yes. <laughs> and there are annexures to that prayer list, you know. Because there have to be references in case the, lo the Lord sends me the wrong guy. I have to be specific. And so your list has like 100,000 uh, requirements. Uh, God's plan is not that you will feel any kind of deficiency in the place where he has you in that season. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Verse 5 says, a time to embrace and a time to refrain. And verse 11 says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. We live in a society of impatience. Everything has moved from taking its time to be instant. And, and that even, even the, 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 what is that porridge that we eat? Jungle oats. Even the jungle oats is instant today. <laughs> Microwave. Quick, quick meal. Everything very instant. But the things of God are built like a house. You start with a foundation and then you get to the top. And the building is dependent on the designs. So the purpose of the manufacturer is very relevant to how you build and how you live your life. And this morning we must become aware. If you are single, you must understand that God 
has a purpose in your time of singleness. God has a purpose for you being single. And you don't want to miss that purpose because if you miss one stage of your life, you have a deficiency in the next one. It's so important that you realize this. Now, the Old Testament paints a picture of marriage that is so glorious. It makes almost the implication that if you are not married, you are falling foul of the mandate that God gave to Adam and Eve, which was to be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth. So if you are single, how will you become fruitful like that? Right? You are not applying the first few chapters of the Bible. And the Jewish community, the Israelites, they grew up with this sense of understanding that God's plan is to use a family to impact the nations. And so on the side of that, the other curse would be perceived as if you can't get married, and if you're married, if you can't have children, then all of these are under a dark cloud. And many of us have imported that mentality into our lives. We live with that kind of fear, that kind of condemnation in our hearts. If the married people see me happy while I'm single, they'll make me feel ashamed. I was talking to my wife about this and we were sharing about how even today, it might be the case that single people are eager to get into marriage. While married people, <laughs> if you are married, don't, don't clap hands now. <laughs> and married people are eager to be single. I remember that, that great movie, The Lion King, that we all watched back in... Was it 1992 or 1985 or something like that? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's this scene where Zazu is arrested in the chambers of, who's the guy? Scar. And he's in this prison, and then the hyenas come chasing Timon and Pumbaa. And they want a place to hide, and so they run towards this cage, and they say, let us in, let us in. And Zazu says, let me out, let me out. <laughs> and this is the picture of marriage in our community. I mean, many times when we speak about marriage, we tend to paint this picture of how hectic it is. And you find so many caricatures about the ball and chain. Once you are in marriage, it's like a prison, they say. You can't get out except by death row. And so many people have this idea, and then we have all these movies coming. Romeo and Juliet, The Notebook, Titanic. Titanic was not about a couple. It was about a ship that crashed. <laughs> but they made the whole story about this couple. People were crying, not because of a tragic situation, a disaster on the ocean. They were crying because the relationship had to end. <laughs> and we have this idol that we build concerning marriage as if it's the first heaven on earth. And I tell you, it is wonderful. It is a blessing. <laughs> Amen? Tell your neighbor, marriage is from God. <laughs> and then what happens is in the Old Testament, you've got a prophet, Jeremiah, and I was watching with my sons the other day this cartoon about the prophet Jeremiah, and this prophet is a prophet of doom. He was bringing all bad news. There were even some prophets rising up and saying, no, it's not true. God will not do this to us. And he was imprisoned because of his false prophecies, or, or, or his, his prophecies of doom, not false prophecies. And then 
God tells him in Jeremiah 16, it says, the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, don't marry. Don't have any sons or daughters in this place. This is what the Lord says about the sons and daughters born in this place and about the mothers and fathers who will have children in this land. They will die horrible deaths. No one will mourn for them or bury them. They will be like manure on the ground. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Wars and famines will bring them to an end. Their bodies will be food for birds and animals. And Jeremiah had to be a parable to his nation about the desolation that came on Israel. And so the Old Testament has this picture that you only stay single if there is going to be a prophetic picture that you have to paint of doom and gloom, disaster and calamity. And so we look around the room, and when we ask people, are you, are you married? You sometimes say, hear them say, yes. Almost to say, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm married. You ask single people, are you single? And they say, yes. And there might be some rejoicing, but it's in this area, you know what? <laughs> you know what, why, right? You start by saying, yes. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's all happy and, and fine in the beginning. But God's plan is that when someone asks you, are you married? You should say, yes, I'm married. And if someone asks you, are you single? You should say, yes, I'm single. And it has nothing to do with your spouse or the lack of, of a spouse. It has something to do with who is in your heart. Amen? That's the revelation that we need to get. Jesus redeemed singleness. What happens is the great Messiah of Israel, the one who is supposed to be the fulfillment of every expectation of mankind, the blessing of the nations, he comes, and when he comes on the earth, Instead of playing that role and playing that part and stepping into that box that says, this is a blessed life. Instead of him taking a wife and getting married, he takes a life of singleness. And forever now, the narrative concerning singleness is changed from shame to glory. And many people don't see that. Many people don't understand that even Jesus was single. And when they asked him, are you single? He didn't go, yes. No. It was tied to his purpose. It was tied to his relationship with his father. It was tied to his mission. It wasn't just tied to his pants. Because that's one of the strongest motives why people want to get married is because of testosterone. <laughs> why are you looking at me as if, <laughs> what is testosterone? <laughs> right? And even the Bible says it's better to marry than to burn with passion. But I kid you not, when you get into marriage, you realize that it's about love more than it is about that stuff. And God's word is there that we should have that, but on a foundation that is different from many. And so your singleness is like somebody who starved themselves for many days. <laughs> and when they get married, they don't see a person. They see a piece of chicken. Hey, let me come this side. <laughs> they see a piece of chicken. And I'm not just talking about the guys, by the way. Some sisters have been waiting <laughs> for years, right? But Jesus brings a different story, a different narrative to singleness. Firstly, 
There's something called the gift of singleness. The Bible says in Matthew 19 verse 12, Jesus speaking, for there are eunuchs. Now eunuchs is an old term for a kind of servant or somebody that, all right, let me go even further. So in ancient world, you would bring in a servant into your house. And if it's a male servant, you emasculate them. Emasculate means that you remove their male parts. Is that clear? Do I have to go even further? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So you emasculate them so that they don't interfere with your spouse and your family dynamic. Do you understand? Those were called eunuchs. Do you understand? And whenever those foreign kings would bring in people to serve in their courts, i.e. Daniel and those guys, they would have to go through this process. Now it says here, Jesus speaking, there are eunuchs who were born that way. The other one is he is now using this illustration of someone that doesn't have this capacity. And he says that there are people who don't have this capacity. They are born this way. Then there are others who are made that way by men, as I explained, right? And then still others live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. And, and these are people, they have not removed their parts, but they are living a secluded life from marriage and sexuality for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus says, the one who can accept this should accept this. And Jesus was one of these who was living like a eunuch for the sake of his father's kingdom. This is so contrary him speaking in a Jewish environment under the law, it's so controversial for him to say that and connect it as if it's for God. Because the Jews will look at him and say, no, God wants us to get married, have children. How can you say that there is another place where if you can't, don't have that capacity, it is honorable? Among the other controversial things that Jesus said. So he is painting a picture and establishing a principle, dethroning that idol of marriage. Dethroning that idol of marriage. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7 says, I wish, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, he says, I wish that all were as I myself am. But each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. The gift that Paul was speaking here about was the gift of celibacy. Because the apostle Paul also did not get married. And some of you are saying, yeah, but I don't want to be like Jesus and Paul. <laughs> I'm telling you that these men were not speaking out of a place of depression. They were speaking out of a place of great fulfillment to the point where they would persuade others to this life. There is a place in singleness where you can be so fulfilled, so satisfied, so happy, so complete. And that place is available. But the first step that you must take is you must begin to apply a biblical worldview to this and remove an idol of marriage. And I'm telling you, when you start doing this, the people who won't understand is your family, is the older people in the church. And this is one thing that I want to say this morning, that you might say, oh, this is a message for singles. No. The married people need to hear these things because they are the ones who are putting pressure. Hmm. They are the ones who are putting pressure on the singles. Amen. If you don't have a man at a certain age, there will be questions coming your way. If you don't have a wife at a certain age, there are questions coming your way. From where? Your single friends? No. From the married, mature people. And their concern is good, but they must have this perspective. Amen? They must have this perspective. And at, at times... They'll say, if you don't have a man, at least get a child. 
and they walk to the kitchen and leave you with that thought. <laughs> At least, and you're thinking to yourself, uh, uh, just explain a little bit. Yeah, it means do something. And that's the kind of pressure that young people are growing up under. And we already spoke on the first week saying that living together is ungodly. It's completely out of the question. Having a child out of marriage is not God's plan. Our society has accepted it and it's going right. And you send the children to the north or to the south or to the east or to the west, wherever. So that you can live your single life, but at least you've got... And grandma is also happy to have that because at least, anyway. <laughs> so there's something called the gift of celibacy. There are some people who have this gift. Now, if you are attracted to the opposite sex, you don't have this gift. <laughs> Amen? But there are people who can se separate themselves unto this life for the sake of God's call and God's kingdom. All right. Being single does not make you inferior to a married person. Truth number two. Just because you're married doesn't mean you've arrived. That marriage can take you to hell. Don't look at your wife, just look straight. <laughs> can take you to hell. Right? And we'll go through the scriptures as to why. So Jesus lived this life and he's not inferior to married people. John the Baptist, the Bible says, in the kingdom of God, there's no, no greater than John the Baptist. Born among women. And he lived a separated life. The apostle Paul lived a separated life. And Origen is one of the fathers of the church in the early church, theologian. And it says that he took this whole thing of, that Jesus spoke about eunuchs so literally that he actually went for the procedure. He actually went for the procedure to make sure that this is the life that I'm separated to. And some feel like it's an extreme interpretation. We are not recommending that in this church. Before you do that, come and speak to us, especially if you are married. <laughs> I don't know, I just felt I had to say that. So Jesus redeemed singleness. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Number three. God has a purpose for your season of singleness. It's easier to live it out when we don't make an idol out of marriage. For many of us, we've put ourselves in a box Life is passing us by because we're looking at this, this bus called marriage that needs to come down the road. And God has so many wonderful things that he wants to do through your life. But because you're looking at that one thing, you're losing out on everything else. Amen? And I'm telling you, the enemy will be behind it to try and push you. Why? Because it will cause so much discontentment in your heart. So much comparison in your heart. So much bitterness in your heart. So much, so much pain. Your time, of sing, your time of singleness to you will not mean that, that you have more time to pursue what God is putting in your heart. You'll interpret it that now you are lonely and alone and no one wants me and there's nothing for me and who and how and all of that. And God's plan is for you to realize that in your season of singleness, God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. The Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. How he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world. How he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. <laughs> and then it says an unmarried woman or virgin 
is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in body and in spirit. This is the privilege that married people do not have anymore. And this is coming from the man who is living as an unmarried one who said, I wish everyone had this gift. And then it says, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. Now, some of the spouses are reading the scripture and saying, it's not true in my house. <laughs> it should be. Okay? You are always fasting and praying. Maybe uh, stop that fasting and praying all the time and give attention to your spouse. Word of the Lord. If you want to fast and pray seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days in the month or in the year, don't get married. But if you get married, don't say, I'm fasting again every time the guy comes and puts on some R&B music. I'm coming. <laughs> or he dims the lights or whatever. Then you're like, no, I'm, I'm in a spiritual time. Please, my, my wife or my husband. Don't do those things. That's from the devil. Amen? I must qualify this. The Bible says in the last days, there will be doctrines of demons. And doctrines of demons, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, and he says, teaching these two things. Don't eat meat. That is a doctrine of demons. It's in the Bible. Okay? Especially for spiritual reasons. Let me qualify. Don't eat meat for spiritual reasons. Doctrine of demons. And the other doctrine of demons is don't get married. Okay? If you have a desire to get married, marry. If you don't have a desire to get married, don't marry. And no one should feel condemned in any state. Amen? You can give the Lord a shout of praise for that. Amen. You can be set free. And this, these are some of the reasons why people are single. So one is your devotion. So you decide that I'm, I'm a eunuch, I'm set apart, this is my life for the Lord. Now, if you're doing that, we want to see you quite involved in church. Because if you're a eunuch and you're just spending your eunuch time uh, watching Netflix and shopping and all of that, traveling around the world, you just see them taking selfies and it's like, you know, Empire State and, you know, the great wall of China and all. And you are not doing the Lord's word, but you are a eunuch unto yourself. No, no. No, no. Okay? So number one, the reason why you may be single is because of your devotion to God or your calling into singleness. Number two is you are too busy. Hmm? You wake up in the morning. In the office, you are there at 4 o'clock. And then uh, lunchtime, you are in the office alone, close the door and everything, working. And then, 8 o'clock at night, you come out of your office. Right? You are making money, making dollars. Right? And you are in the office, and sometimes not making dollars, but you are getting fulfilled by that work. Then you come out of the office, 8 o'clock, you come home, and then you don't talk to anybody. You switch on your Netflix, or you catch up with the latest news and all, and then, and then you spend time uh, maybe doing the Lord, um, the, the devotion, and then you sleep. Tomorrow, again. Or if you are in, min in ministry, you are always too busy to meet anybody else. That you don't have room in your life that if someone says, hi, and you're like, yeah, yeah, just wait a bit. <laughs> you can be too busy to get married. And I kid you not, marriage requires time for that special one. If you are a man and you get married, the Old Testament had this rule that the men who get married, that year they don't go to war. For a whole year, they, they have recess from battle so that they can give due attention to make their wife happy. Don't look at your husband, just look straight. <laughs> due attention to make your wife happy. So you need time. And if you're thinking, Lord, I want to be in a relationship. How is your life looking? 
Number three, baggage and issues. Wherever you go, you carry this massive backpack. And anyone who is willing to hear when you have a conversation, it comes out. You know. Everything that happened in the past, everything that happened. Unforgiveness, addictions, anger issues, insecurities, jealousy. And all those things push people away. When they say good morning, they just hear baggage. Woo. Number four, personality and character thorns. No, that's just the way I am. If they love me, they must love me the way I am. Okay. <laughs> Only Jesus <laughs> can love you. Only Jesus can love you. Yeah, I need someone like Jesus. I don't Okay. He will come. <laughs> we will be at the marriage feast of the Lamb. So, if you've got character issues, your family told you since you were growing up, your sisters, your brothers told you, your best friend told you, uh, listen. Don't say no. Listen and uh, get discipled and get someone who can challenge you and say, no, no, you are lazy or you, you, you are gossip or you, uh, 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 all those things. You need to have friends who can tell you the truth. Huh? It says, better the blows of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. And if you've got a friend like that, tell them. Because one day they'll say, why didn't you tell me? What kind of friend are you? Number five, wrong relationships. Sometimes you are not married because you are in the wrong relationship. The devil put you in the, on the wrong bus because he doesn't want you to get on the right bus. Yeah? So, cor connected you with the wrong girl. <laughs> so when the right girl comes along, oh, it's taken. Right? Sometimes the wrong friendships. In this friendship circle, we are independent women. We don't get married. We are the feminists of the world, right? Get out of that group. You don't want to be in a group. Look around the room. Look around your friends. And I will tell you, show me your friends. I'll tell you where you'll be five years from now. Okay? So watch out for those relationships. And then number six, fear of commitment. And all the men say, amen. <laughs> right? Fear of commitment. And this is an unreasonable fear. Because you are the one making the decision. You can do all the research and then you make a choice. But once you make a choice, commit. Commit. So now you've got some brothers. They're in a relationship. It's been 95 years. In this relationship. And they're dragging the thing on. Because they are trying to see if she will do something that will put him off. And the problem is, in the meantime, he is getting the milk. He didn't buy the cow. He gets the milk for free. Why will he buy the cow? If you get the milk for free, you can even sell the milk and make a profit. You, you don't even own the cow. You must invest. Ladies, don't sleep with the guy. Don't sleep with the guy until he marries you. You are communicating the wrong thing. And then ladies say, no, but there is another sister who is going to do it for him. I must be willing to do it first. Can we be real this morning? I must be willing to do it first. Why? Because it's my way of trapping the guy. <laughs> Let's move to the next slide. <laughs> Jesus redeems singleness. In him, we have redemption through his blood. Number four, God wants us to be single and content and not single and desperate. I mean, it was Valentine's Day just the other day. That's a great sad day for many people. Some are, are having like um, meetings to protest Valentine's Day. That's how deep it goes. 
Philippians 4 verse 11 says, For I have learned to be content whatever circumstances I'm in. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And that only happens when you can do this. Why are you unhappy as a single one? You have little or no sense of purpose. Little or no sense of purpose. Your purpose will be when you find that person. That will be your purpose, according to you. And then you make them your project. And chances are you'll adopt a problem like that. Find your purpose. Let them find you while you are fulfilling your purpose. Number two, limited friendship with God. It says friendship with the world is enmity with God. You must prioritize your friendship with God. And I call it friendship, not just relationship, because many people have a relationship with God. But a friendship implies that you share everything and that God is the first personality in your life. It's affectionate. It's not just that I'm a Christian, I'm a friend of God. And this is what happened with Abraham. God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and then he said, Should I withhold from my friend what I'm about to do? And so he says, let me go to Abraham and tell him what, I'm, what I've got on my mind. It says, Moses spoke to the Lord face to face like a man would speak to his friend. And in that relationship, you navigate your direction either towards marriage or towards a, a life of singleness. But it will all come from your friendship with God. He is the one that knows the end from the beginning. He knows your personality. He knows your calling. He knows your family. He knows your means, your giftings, all your interests. He knows everything about you. And he knows what his plan is for your life. And so why would you not want to be with him so that you can discover that early and begin to live it to the glory of God? Limited friendship with God. Number three, limited knowledge and faith in God's word. And so my encouragement to us this morning is if you're in a place where you're single and you're unhappy, this needs to be your priority. Many of us want to hear a prophetic word this morning. Pastor, tell me who I will marry. And I must address this one. Many single people have this idea that was brought up by Disney and Hollywood of the one. Have you heard of this? She's the one. I, I hope if he's the one. They have this idea that there's only one individual that was ever made and created in heaven for them. That if they don't find the one, then they cannot find anything. And if they are not with the one, then marriage cannot work out. It's a lie. Why is it a lie? Because if that was the allocation that God made from the beginning, many people have married the wrong person. They married the other ones the one. And they ruined the whole system from thousands of years ago. Now you come in and you're the one who was already married to somebody wrong. Or they were married in another country. You can't find them. Then you settle for this one. Many people have married others the ones. The system is messed up. There is no the one. The other thing that comes against this the one story is widows. They already had their turn to marry the other one. Now, the person passed away and they want to marry someone else's the one. And the Bible says no. No. You can marry any person, but make sure that you assess them according to the word of God. And if you've got a friendship with God, you've got knowledge of the word of God, faith in God's word, it will give you keen discernment as to who to marry and who not to marry. Amen? Because then you marry them and then you start thinking, oh, if he was the one, he would have done this and that and that. Wrong. Sometimes the one, anyway, okay. Sometimes the one is not fulfilling all your dreams like the knight in shining armor and Prince Charming on a white, white horse. Amen? You need to rush. First Corinthians 7. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. Hmm. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry 
will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's right there. Those who marry, <laughs> married people don't laugh. <laughs> You'll start problems on the lunch table. Those who marry will have many troubles in life. I want to spare you that situation. Eh? But the Lord is with you. You overcome all troubles <laughs> in your life. Amen. Through Christ who gives you strength. All right. So just understand, if you marry, you do well. If you don't marry, you do well. But understand, uh, open eyes. Okay. Now, Pastor Yoma was going to share this. This is a book that was put together by one of the Every Nation leaders. It's called Navigating Singleness, and it's available. We wanted to make it available. And it's basically a few accounts of people in our movement that have been single or are still single and their journey through it to encourage people, you know. The concern that I'm getting old, I want to get married, why am I still single, am I too picky, am I not attractive enough, is God not happy with me? These are the questions that are being answered there. So at the information table after the service, if you're interested in this book, just grab it. And, uh, you know, my concern this morning in sharing was the fact that I got married when I was 24, you know. I, I waited so long. <laughs> so long. From the age of puberty till 24 is long. <laughs> and my wife was asking me, how, how are you going to relate to people who have been waiting like for 20 years, 30 years, you know? And I, I, I told her, look, you know, the answers are with Jesus. He's got the answers. But the, the thing that saddened me as I was preparing this message was the fact that people are depressed and suicidal and at the point, at the brink of self-destruction and self-hatred because of this. And it should not be the case. Christ Jesus paid a price for your life. He laid his life down so that you could live a fulfilled life. He came to give you life and life in abundance. Not dependent on another human being, but dependent on the Son of God himself. Amen? And it doesn't matter how long you've been waiting on God. And God is faithful. And if you are at his feet hearing his voice, Lord, what is your plan for my life? That is the place where you want to go. I kid you not. If you idolize, over-idolize marriage and it's not God's way for you, you end up in that marriage wanting to get divorced day and night. And that is not God's plan for your life. Jesus redeemed singleness. So this morning, let's stand. I just want to minister to these groups of people. You can stand where you are. I was, I was speaking to Pastor Hilma and that's her testimony. She waited a bit longer than others do. And she really had this prophetic word from God saying, tell the people that God wants them to be fully devoted to him. Fully devoted to him. In your season of singleness, prioritize God. Not your friends, not your traveling. God. And out of that, your purpose in life. And then there's another group of people here this morning. What she felt is that you should not be taking matters into your own hand. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Amen. Don't manipulate. Don't do that. Trust in the Lord. Peace. And then there are those you have hurt and you are offended because of this subject. You can't handle marriage, marriage seminars. You can't handle discussions about marriage because it just opens up such painful wounds. And some of you, it's been a hurt that came from someone who committed to you and then they broke their promise to marry you. Or you're in that relationship and the guy is dragging it out. Or the girl is dragging it out. And you're in a place of pain and bitterness. By the time you get married and he says, yeah, can I marry you? You will not even be rejoicing anymore. Yeah, it's fine. Thank you. Finally, and it should not be that way. And then there's another group here. You feel like you are on the shelf, like God has forgotten about you. And it's a stigma on your heart and on your life. 
and God is wanting to minister to you. And then there are those of you, you believe that there's a demonic spirit that came from Babylon in the Bible and reached your family and that's why you are not married today. It has a curse in your family. Regardless what the case may be, let Jesus be your contentment, your fulfillment. In your relationship with God, you will find your purpose and you will find your journey fulfilled. Amen? So if you are in one of those groups, just raise your hands. I want to pray for you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see every hand raised, Lord God. Father, you know where everyone is this morning. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you sent your son, and he was single, Lord God, unmarried, Lord God, in order to establish the fact that Jesus is a model for those who are single. Devoted to God. I thank you, Lord, that those who are single, Father God, who may not marry or, or may be waiting, that there is no condemnation for them. There is no shame upon their lives. In the, in the name of Jesus, I break every shame, Lord God, that has been following single people. Lord, that when someone asks them if they're single, they'll be happy to answer, yes, I am. And Father, I thank you that they will discover their purpose, Lord. And they're calling in you, Lord God. But I thank you, Lord God, that as we leave this morning, Lord God, that our mindsets will be transformed and our hearts will be changed. Lord, and that we'll find our full fulfillment in you, Lord Jesus. You have redeemed us, Lord, from the curse of the law. And Christ is our redemption as singles. That we are set apart to the Lord. And his purpose is our priority. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lift your hands for the blessing. Father, I pray your blessing over your people. Wherever they may go, Father, that they will prosper. I pray, Lord, in relationships or in singleness, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that laziness will not overcome them. Or loneliness will not overcome them, Lord God. That they will find themselves in Christ, Lord, completely fulfilled, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.